0: Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh everyone welcome to the Umarpreneur podcast and with me today I have a very special guest one that I'm really excited to bring to you guys sister Zahra Ali Bryce uh, Zahra Ali Baya. I hope I pronounced that right Zahra Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaykum <laughs> <laughs> Awesome I'm super excited to share your experience your expertise your knowledge with our listeners today and this is going to be a really amazing episode because sister Zahra she is the founder of the fitness. I don't know if you guys heard about the fitness or you follow her on Instagram. Most of you probably do. So it's going to be really exciting to get to know her backstory. And what she does is she really focuses on helping people live their healthiest life possible. Now, Zara, I want you to share with us a little bit more about what it is you do with the fitness, who you are, before we dive into some of the exciting questions we're going to talk about today.
1: Yeah, for sure. Assalamualaikum. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really excited to chat with you and it's always fun to talk about the process and the business behind kind of what people see on social media. So, yes, uh, my background is I'm a kinesiologist. I studied at uh, York University in Toronto. And uh, my passion has always been health and fitness. Alhamdulillah, I grew up in a super active household. My dad was, um, my parents are from East Africa, from Kenya. He was actually mm. a phys ed teacher there wow. and um, moved to Canada. I was born here. And fitness and sport has always been kind of like at the backbone of our family. and. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's very fortunate to be able to make that a career of mine as well, which I think a lot of people traditionally in our culture and religion, it doesn't seem to be much of, um, but that's changing definitely. Yeah. But yeah, the fitness came about. My dream was actually to work in some type of, whether it was physiotherapy or like something like that, or chiropractic, or maybe work as like a sports therapist. But I fell into this um, job as a personal trainer and I actually fell in love with it. I loved it, I loved helping women especially um, at the time, I started working a lot of um, gyms. Like, if you're in Canada, Good Life, Women's Fitness, they had a lot of women's only gyms. And so I started working in those gyms and really was able to work with so many different types of women and help them. And originally, working as a trainer, I thought, you know, I'm going to get people the fittest they can be and doing these competitions or doing this. But it was just the everyday person that I was just helping with, whether it was weight loss or getting stronger. You know, some of my clients were in their seventies, just wanting to live a healthy life. And I really just fell in love with it and really realized that um, you know, as I had my small community and my small gym and as I started sharing through social media, seeing that there was really a, a thirst and a need for someone who maybe looked like them or someone that they could identify in the fitness industry, because I feel like at that time there was just kind of one idea of what you have of like a fitness person or you know, you'd be doing these like um know these fitness videos at home and it looked like one specific person. And so I really found that as I started sharing through social media that a lot of people were kind of just drawn to maybe someone that they identified with, someone that they that looked like them Mm -hmm. that felt could understand them a little bit more. So that's kind of how the whole fitness grew. Right. it it was kind of like you know a snowball effect that I I did not expect. (laughs)
0: SubhanAllah and we're gonna dive into that. But uh one thing that really for me I felt was very inspiring uh, when we first discovered you. We've been following you for a few months now at entrepreneur, uh, And we were super excited uh, when uh, we were able to finally, you know, set this whole podcast up because one thing that really stands out is that, you know, when you look at, you know, your Instagram and your social media and what you share with the world, you're not going out there and sharing exercises and routines and everything. I mean, you are doing that, but really the main thing that stood out to me and, and my team the most and what really just inspired us is, that for you, it's a lot more like a lifestyle. I mean, you have these videos of you with your spouse, with your children, and you're always out and about, you're always exercising, you're doing activities, and mashallah, you seem like you've incorporated it as a lifestyle. It's not just, hey, let's work out for 30 minutes, then we go back and do what we need to do. You know, it's just like, no, this is the way that we live. We live like this. We, it's just, and everything that we do, you know, to that and was it always like this? Did, was it like this from day one, or did you did you have to change? Did you have to make an adjustment?
1: No, that's and I, I love that observation, and I feel like it has it's evolved. So I've always worked in gyms, like I said. I finished university. I was a huge. My husband and I, we both love sports, alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. So that's always kind of been something that we did. And you know, when you're younger, you kind of don't think of working out to be healthier. You just you just play sports and you have fun with it, right? Yeah. But um, yeah. As I started training, it was very separate. I would go to the gym. I would work out. We were both studying or working, and so we didn't have kids to worry about or anything like that, right? So I would go to the gym. I'd get my workout, and I'd come home, and then we, you know, we 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 just relax at home. Mm-hmm. And it was actually when I had kids that I realized. And it was funny because I'd go back and think of a lot of my clients who were like, "It's really hard with kids." And I'm like, "Oh, come on! How hard can it be just to like come to the gym for an hour of your time? Yeah. Like bring your kids to childcare, get someone to watch your kids." And it was until it wasn't until I had kids that I was like oh, it is really hard. Like you're yeah. sleep deprived. You, you know, you might have a big plan of getting everything ready and then your kid just refuses to come. Or, yeah. you know, at, at the beginning, even though I lived at the gym and I was always there. And when I came back, I was like, okay, I'm going to take my kid to childcare. And he just would refuse to, they call me, he's crying. And so you don't even realize things like that. And so it was, yeah. it was through that that I realized that, okay, like, it's not as easy as just cut and dry. Like, go to the gym, do your hour, and then come back. And I realized that especially as moms, we struggle, we try to fit everything in. And so for me, it was when my son napped, I would literally, you know, just get a 15 minute, 20 minute workout in just for my own sanity, because for me, that was my identity. That's what I missed the most. And I realized that I had to make that time for myself. But I also had to be realistic of what I could fit in. And if I was setting myself for three hours a week at the gym, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and I wasn't getting that in, then I felt like I was just I was failing whereas, yeah. whereas i realized that if i could fit in those 15 minutes even if it was 15 minutes here 15 minutes there it, they were going to add up and they were just going to help me feel better and slowly slowly you know my timings will become a little bit more easier and it'll be easier to kind of work around my you know my family life and so i found that if i was feeling that a lot of people must have been feeling that and that's when wow. i started incorporating actually you know going on walks with my son and he, while he's playing at the park like i'm doing push-ups and I was kind of embarrassed to do that, but then you're like, you know what, who cares? Like it makes yeah. you feel good and it helps you fit it into your life. It's it was definitely an evolution of seeing how our family worked and seeing how we could fit it in. And like I said, I've come from a healthy, um, from a very active lifestyle. So playing sports and stuff, my dad always would play basketball with me on the driveway or we'd go for jogs or bike rides. So I really in that aspect wanted to bring that love of activity and being active with my family.
0: hmm And and that's really apparent in what you share. And I think one thing that I is such a huge lesson for entrepreneurs and people who look up to you. And, you know, we cater specifically to entrepreneurs on this podcast. So I think one thing that they can really learn from this is that you aren't building a business around something that is completely outside of who you are in the sense that you're what you're sharing with the world is really who you are as a person and the lifestyle you're currently living and you've incorporated building a business out of that, which is amazing because it's not like this separate thing where I'm working on my business at this time. And then I have, you know, my family and all these other things at that time, you found a way to blend them both together. And I want to know actually, you know, is that a good thing for you? Or do you feel like sometimes because the lines are so blurred, you have trouble separating between work and kind of like that work-life balance, right? That work life and that personal life.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I I was definitely going to say there's advantages and there's disadvantages, right? Yeah. So I know a lot of people are looking to be entrepreneurs. And again, for me to, if you asked me, you know, 15 years ago, my gym would have been to, my dream would have been to open up a gym or yeah. to have like a fitness studio where women could come and we could work out or, you know, that was kind of my dream. But as I realized that, you know, I, I really did enjoy sharing. I really did enjoy getting messages from people being like, I went for a run today because I saw you going for a run and I didn't feel uncomfortable running in my hijab. And I actually realized yeah. how much that fulfilled me and how much that helped me live my life's purpose, if you will. And I think as an entrepreneur, you really have to decide. It is tough. and You know, my kids are a lot more excited about being in videos before. Now they're getting older. Like you have to respect that as well. And it is it it does kind of mesh life and work and everything into one. And Alhamdulillah, it's worked out for us. But I think, um, you know, for some people that may not work and that's totally fine. And I think that for me, I think what is a true blessing is I'm able to work on what is my passion. Mm -hmm. So even if it wasn't through social media, if I was doing something, as long as I knew that I was helping women, and I was getting people to live an active lifestyle, and hopefully that would be translating into their families, I think that's super important. And I think right now, you know, one thing for people that are listening that are looking into entrepreneurship is that times are changing so quickly that you might have an idea of what your goal is in your five year plan, and different things might come and you've got to be really willing to like weave and move with them and be adaptable. So it may still be at the root of what you want to do. But Outcome or the way it looks might be a little bit different, and I think that's really important to just have that malleability and be willing to adapt within a certain range. Because, you know, again, for me, if you told me ten years from now this is what I'd be doing, it'd be like, wait, it doesn't even make sense. Like, I don't understand how am I going to reach you know thousands of people and be able to work out with them and be able to send them programs and things like that, but. Alhamdulillah, um, like, you know, the beauty of the internet and the way it is right now and through social media and building communities and connections, it's it's really amazing. And so I think that as long as, you know, if you're lucky enough to be able to work on something that you are truly passionate about, you'll definitely find a way for it to be successful.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. And I think that's yeah. a big mistake that a lot of people make is in the beginning they look at, okay, what is this other person doing that seems successful? Let me copy that. Cause I think that's working and that's what I should be doing. And so they'll kind of look at other entrepreneurs, other business owners and what they think is working right now. And then they're gonna be like, okay, copy paste, this should work for me. Right. And it's something completely outside of, you know, their passion, what, what they love, and then what happens is, you know, they lose that motivation. They lose that discipline. They don't have that consistency. And it doesn't end up working out because the secret sauce isn't actually the strategy. It's not the business model. It's not how you interact on social media. The secret sauce is your love for what it is that you're doing, Mm -hmm. because when you love it, when you're passionate about it, you bring that energy into everything that you do and that will translate into success. But when you don't, you won't be able to bring that energy and it won't translate to success no matter how hard you try. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, again, I was doing this just to kind of share. So the reason I, started sharing on social media is um we moved around a lot. Um, my husband was in med school and, you know, he'd get like different residencies and fellowships. And so we'd have to keep moving. And so every new place we went to, I would kind of like maybe work as a trainer at the, a local gym for a year. And then after we had kids, I actually would join like mom and baby groups. And then when they found out I was a trainer, they're like, forget play dates. Like, can we do like boot camps instead of our play dates? And so I right. started connecting with different people. And then as we moved around, I just kept sharing because that was a way to stay connected and um yeah like i, I did a lot of you know I, I put in a lot i would say probably five six years through social media without making any money really most yeah. of the money was coming from my classes and things like that but um you know it was really building that foundation and if i you know if you if you put something four five six years of your life into it and you don't yeah. see any return i'm so sorry if you don't see a return then you know sometimes you want to give up but if it's something you're passionate about and you really see something long term then you know um it, if you're passionate about it you're going to put in that time it's long hours it's long days it's thinking about it you know last thing you think about when you go to bed first thing you yeah. think about in the morning um, so you know you really have to you really have to love it and be passionate about it and you have to have that idea of like any i'm any business out there it's about helping someone else, or it's about making yeah. someone else's life better. So I think if you think of it in that respect, um, and cause I'm talking from social media, a lot of times we get bogged down in the numbers and the growth and all of that. I think that if you can just break it down to my goal is to help one person be active today or one person make a healthy meal or try a vegetable or something, then, you know, then I think it's a lot easier to kind of keep going on. If you're thinking about the big yeah. picture and you get bogged down on that, then I think it's tough. But if you're passionate about it and you can focus on, you know, making those changes in people's lives, it really helps.
0: You know, you mentioned something interesting, and I think that speaks to your character in that you needed to take it or you built this business and, you know, you were setting the foundations for a number of years. And this is a great kind of little tangent for us to go into because, you also work in the fitness space and this is a growing phenomenon that is not only within fitness within business within everything else but people expect results immediately and not only that but i think everything that we have right now because it is so instant when it comes to you know thinking about something that you want you know you go on amazon it's next day shipping uh, you're hungry uber eats it's delivered to your door within 30 minutes like the ease of access to everything has made it that we don't really want to put in the work to, to, achieve yeah. anything anymore. Right. Uh, we don't like to do hard things. We've been so conditioned for a life of ease. And do you feel like, you know, listening to you and saying that you've been putting the, in the foundations for five, six years and myself as well with them with all these businesses, they've always taken years to build and we're still, mm-hmm. you know, laying the foundations for everything. And a lot of times when I speak to people, it's like, Hey, why am I not my, why am I not making like $10,000 after 60 days? You know, why am I not, you know, at this stage and it's like, well, look, building a great business takes time. There's no way around it. You know, it's not a garbage quick thing. Like, and I think right now we're, we're almost like we have to overcome that barrier initially with our clients and with the people that we work with of getting them in that frame of mind of, look, this is going to be something that's going to require consistency. It's going to require hard work, dedication for you to see results. Do you experience that in your business as well?
1: Yeah, for sure. I, I see it in both sides. I see people coming to me being like, I want to lose 10 pounds by tomorrow, or I want right. to, you know, and and also in the business side, or, or a lot of people will reach out with social media and be like, I just don't see my account growing, or I don't see this. And I think like anything, there's a great book called Atomic Habits, which mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of I your followers have read. It's such an yeah. amazing book. And it really breaks it down into whatever you're doing. It just takes small habits. And it really You know, you just have to be consistent at whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. And again, if you believe in it and you feel that it has value and it, it will bring value, then it will make a huge difference. So we look at a lot of people and we think they're overnight successes, right? When you go back, whether it's actors or people on social media or, you know, people that have come out and built big businesses, it really has been a long, long process. And you're just kind of seeing that you know, that tip of the iceberg where you don't see all the work that's going on underneath in the background, right? And so I think you do have to be patient if you, it's so easy right now to follow quick trends to do this. And like you said, like, I think we grew up in a different generation. I look at my kids right now, 10 and 13, and it's instant, they want this, like, you know, my son has been dabbling in social media. And so he's kind of like, well, how come I don't have this? Or I don't, And I'm like, dude, I worked like so hard for this. (laughs) So I feel like, you know, you have to really, and sometimes it's about just the process, right? So if you're learning social media, like a lot of times you need to put in those reps so that when you do get successful, then they're seeing that, you know, you kind of don't sometimes want people to find you out right away. You want to like really put in the reps and refine your craft and get better at what you're doing. And that's why you do it from the beginning, because each time you put something out, you're going to get better and you're going to learn from it. You're going to get feedback and it's going to get better and better and better. Whereas if you're just waiting there and you think, I'm going to start this next week and it's going to be, it's going to grow. That's not how it works in anything in life. And if you're talking about weight loss or getting stronger you know following a fitness program wanting to do a pull-up or whatever it is it really starts with small steps and there's so much work that goes on in the background that you might not see at the end right i have so many clients who are looking to get stronger, to lose weight. And a lot of times you don't see all the work that they're putting in, right? A lot of times you see that end result, but you don't know that it's been six months of them really focusing on their meals, working out, drinking water, sleeping well, getting in their you know, supplements, like doing all that work consistently, and then you see the end result. So patience is definitely something that is underrated, I guess, I don't 100%. know if I, but I really feel like right now because you just see the successes, you, you see that viral video, you see this person, with millions of followers and you don't know all the work that went behind it or all the different things that they tried and failed at. And I really think that it's important to fail at things because that's how you learn and that's how you get better.
0: 100%, 100%. And, you know, looking at you right now, mashallah, you have uh, amassed a sizable following on social media and you have a lot of people that look up to you. And there's two questions that I have in regards to that. But the first first one is going to be from more of a business side, which is, what you just spoke about earlier, which is some people might look at that and be like, wow, mashallah, Zara has, you know, 200, 250 now, uh, 1,000 followers on your Instagram. And I want to know for you, what was that like getting there? Like, was there a secret hack? Was there something that you were able to implement? And how how did you go from zero to 250? How, what was that journey like?
1: Um, it's kind of weird when you look back at it, but yeah, it just, it was a very slow Process, you know, Mm -hmm. like you kind of get to your thousand and you get to your five thousand, you get to your ten thousand. You think there's no way I'll ever get to two hundred thousand, but literally it's been a slow process. And again, about just doing the same, if you go back and look at my videos from a long time ago, they're not as good as they are right now, right? You know, like even the way I talk to camera, I'm so much more confident now because it's just been something I've been practicing over and over. And I really feel like when I had five thousand followers, people had the same issues, and hopefully, I was. Sharing the same motivation that I am now that I have, you know, two hundred and fifty thousand, and I really think that um, as I'm posting, so there's this formula I share with a lot of people. I heard it actually from another podcast, and it's called QVCA, and these are like the principles I try to think of when I'm posting. So Q is for quality, so I always think that you know I'm I'm giving quality content v is for value i really think that even if it's something about my life i just really want people to be able to take something away from my post so even if it's something about my kids if it's something about nutrition or fitness i really hope that when you walk away from my post or anything you're seeing that i'm sharing you're getting value out of it so qvc is consistency you have to be consistent. And sometimes it's frustrating because you don't see numbers budge, but that consistency pays off huge and a is authenticity. So whether you have 5,000 followers, a million followers, wherever it is, if you're coming from it from an authentic, genuine place, I think that that's really important. So whenever I'm posting, I stick to those four, four key things that I try to focus on. I
0: love that you shared that. And I want to add one more to it, and which is, yeah. uh, which, which really, adds on to what use, what you mentioned last, which, which is the A, the authenticity part, because I work with a lot of entrepreneurs and they get bogged down by the numbers. They, you know, they're like, I need the 100 K. I need the 200 K before I see the success of my business. And it's like, what about the first 50 who believed in you enough yeah, to click that exactly. follow button and yeah. who want to see what it is that you have to offer and what kind of value you have to provide. If you don't show up at your best for those people, like that already that within 50, you know, for any business, Having 50 clients is an amazing start. It's yeah. a great start. You know, a lot of businesses that have 100, 200K followers, you look at the numbers, but then it's like they have, on the back end, their business is struggling it's and, not, yeah, you know, exactly. it's just not what it's uh, jacked up to be. So, you know, it's really not about the numbers. It's really about, as you mentioned, kind of that value, that consistency, that authenticity mm-hmm. showing up every day for those few people who did decide to follow you and give you their time and attention for you to give them something of value in return and then have that exchange together. Now, exactly. One, yeah. Yeah. One thing I do want to add, in regards to that second question, I mentioned I had a second question about your uh, oh, your yeah. following, and the second question is the following, and this is more from like a an Islamic standpoint, more like a spiritual standpoint. Um, you have right now, as we mentioned, kind of that bigger following, those people who look up to you, and one thing that I want to really get your perspective on is what you feel like you want to transmit as a message or what you want those younger muslim women who are following you to take away what do you want them to learn from from following you what is it that you want them to how do you want to inspire them essentially
1: oh well a lot of times <laughs> i think that i'm just i don't know it's i and I, i'm i'm lucky in the sense that i get to teach classes i play sports i'm you know involved with my community i have younger nieces myself and i just hope that i think you know it's just that you can be a practicing Muslim, you can wear hijab, and you can still follow your passions. And to be honest, to share, you know, my first few fitness videos, like I am like, this was like in my 30s, I would send it to my mom, I'm like, Mom, is this okay? Like, I think we worry so much about what our society thinks, what are, what's kind of like, what have been the traditional norms of what you can do as a woman. And I think a lot of women are breaking out of that. I think we're realizing that, you know, social media has given us this or, and the internet has given us amazing tool to be moms or be whatever we want to be and still like run these businesses that are super successful. And I think that, you know, looking at, you know, the younger Muslim women that are following me, I think first and foremost, like there's no reason you shouldn't be able to play any sports or pursue any activity. Hijab is not going to stop you. And if, if you are being stopped, then you have to stand up for yourself because we see so many girls who, you know, are, wherever different parts in the world where they can't play because of their hijab, right? So I really want people to be able to see someone that has been able to play sports, that has been able to run a business with the passion that they have and still hold true to their Islamic values and and keep that faith. So I think that's really important. And another thing is, I think it's okay to break tradition, tradition a little bit. I think that's the opposite side. Like I get, to be honest, I get a lot of comments being, oh, you shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't be, you know, like work out, but don't show it on camera. And I think those are very like, traditions, it's not tied in Islam. I think that, you know, and again, the the goal is to inspire people to move, inspire their families to move and talking about health and fitness. And I think that it's so important if we only see people in, you know, um, sports bras and shorts doing that, then maybe we don't identify with that. I think it's so important to see people that are, whether they're wearing hijab or they're just modestly dressed, I think it's so important to see that. And the other side is I know I have a huge non-Muslim following that I have, And I really find that it is my duty to represent Islam in the best way. And I'm constantly trying to be better with your faith, with, you know, with spiritually, spiritually. And I think that seeing people go, seeing people see me go through that and with my family, like how I'm trying to instill these Islamic values with my children. And, you know, um, I think that's really important. And I feel like we can also be examples of Islam to people who maybe don't have that window into an Islamic family, a Muslim family, or don't have that, Muslim friend and I get a lot of questions from people you know is it okay if I ask why do you cover and they do it in such a polite way and a lot of times they just don't know and hopefully they feel comfortable enough with me to ask those questions and I'd rather they ask someone who can answer them correctly or just then just have these assumptions of what they see through the media so I kind of see it twofold I have my Muslim following which are so near and dear to me and who have supported me and who are my sisters and you know I really feel like we have such a huge connection they feel what I feel and we go through the same struggles and then I have the whole side of my you know the non-muslims that follow me that are genuinely interested in learning about the culture the religion you know they find you know a lot of women will contact me and be like I'm not muslim but I kind of am comfortable doing your workout videos because I'm not worried about how you look or that I have to look like you or I have to have that six-pack I can focus on the exercise or I'm comfortable playing your videos while my son's running around because I feel like you know that he's not going to be looking in a different way and I think that that's really important like we have a lot of we have a lot that we can offer to both the Muslim community and the non-Muslim community.
0: One hundred percent. I love that you said that so beautifully. And you know, one thing that I did want to touch upon, uh, Zahra, with what you mentioned is that the bigger your following gets, as well, the more people feel like they're. And this is kind of like treading a sensitive topic, but I'm gonna try to be as as conscious about this as possible. But the okay. more, pe- the more people, the more about anything. All right, let's do it. The the more people feel like. This is one thing that really baffles me is why people feel like their opinion really needs to be heard all the time. Okay. And then, like, here, hear me out on this. It's just social media has made people think that every single thought that goes through their head is important and deserves to be shared. And, Guys, I'm telling you right now, it's not okay. Ninety percent of what goes on <laughs> on in social media doesn't, shouldn't be there. And and you you know you mentioned that about like some people sometimes go up to you and say, oh, this that, and you shouldn't be this, you should be doing that. And Subhanallah, you know, it's because you have, you know, people like yourself. As you mentioned, there's non-Muslims who come and and maybe for them, you know, that's like, wow, I can see how you know this Muslim woman who's also covered is you know sharing these awesome workouts and i can actually relate to her in some way and you know this mm-hmm. is almost like an entry for them to learn more about islam and maybe you know break down those barriers and those preconceptions sure. and then and then on the other side sometimes like it, my spouse sometimes comes comes to me and she asks this and she's like you know why is it why is it that every time like i go on like a, a muslim uh influencer video or whatever there's all all these negative comments and i'm like yeah. I know because she (laughs) follows, you know, all these like Muslim bloggers and stuff. And it's like, oh, it's all these negative comments. And it's like, you don't find that on non-Muslim accounts. Why? Why are Muslims so judgmental? It's like, this is not what the prophet taught us when you look at how the Mm -hmm. prophet used to interact with other people he wouldn't go around the streets you do this and you're doing that and change this and change you you're wrong and you're you know like he wouldn't go he'd be like welcome yes don't worry like we're islam is forgiving let's help you out let's like come let's embrace each like embracing the people right like and like dealing in, in kindness but then you have all these as for some reason it's like no every opinion needs to be shared we got to like spread our negative thoughts everywhere. And just yeah. the more you grow, the more you're going to face that. Do you feel like that affects you psychologically sometimes? Does it does it kind of get in the way sometimes? Does it affect you at all? Um, <laughs> I know, I went deep it in there. Does, but. No, and
1: you know what? I have a question. So I, I think there's yeah. two parts to this. There's people <clears> that will attack you because you are Muslim and they yeah. just don't like Muslims. And yeah. you showed up on their feed and they just want to unleash. But yeah. there are also a lot of Muslims that will attack their own brothers and sisters, which I feel like is really frustrating because, and I do find that a lot of times I feel like, you know, um, okay, so one, alhamdulillah, I'm very lucky. I have many friends who are at social media as well, who I think get a lot of hate or you know negative comments. I definitely get them, but I'm very, very lucky that my community is super supportive. It's a lot of times just when something goes a little bit viral or something that it's pushed out to people who maybe don't follow me, that's when you'll get a lot of comments who people maybe don't know me. So I'm very, very blessed with that. But negative comments really do affect you. Like people will comment on what you wear or what you, you shouldn't be wearing this. You should be wearing this. You shouldn't be doing this. You shouldn't have music. You shouldn't have this. Like, and Mm. so everybody has different opinions. But again, I do 100% agree with you that I don't understand why it has to be typed. (laughs) Why it has to be. So I might look at something and might be like, okay, maybe I don't agree with that. Or maybe that's not my cup of tea, but I don't understand what makes People think that they have to physically go like the, it, it
0: needs to be heard. Like it their opinion matters. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yes. yeah. And what bothers me is that it's not and you know, like you can go back and you'll have like so this is such a silly example. But just again about like if people just and sometimes people just need to take a second and maybe realize that like, you know, they're there it's like a it's like a knee-jerk reaction. Like if you right. actually took a second to like think back or even just like, you know, just to like calm down, count to five before you type something. So I share a lot of us eating and, and stories and stuff like that. And a lot of times on the camera, when you're doing stories, it's flipped. So a yeah. lot of times it looks like we're eating with our left hand. And the <laughs> amount of people that are like, sister, your kids are eating with their left hand. You should see Like, I'm like, what? Like I, I'm, first of all, I'm like, what's going on? And then I, I'm like, and then like literally my husband's like, why do you tell them? I'm like, oh, it's actually the camera. And I'm eating with my right hand and it's flipped. Right, and it's right. like, why do you feel like you have to reply back to yeah. people I'm like you yeah. know just because I I don't real and I, and sometimes I think how do you react to that with kindness that's the only thing you can do and that is the way of Islam and I think that so even if it's someone that's attacking me that's not Muslim for wearing my hijab like why do you work out no one's going to see yeah. your body anyways I get comments like that all the time and then I reply back I'm actually not working out so that people can see my body I'm working out for my health and for my fitness and yeah. and from unfortunately some of the you know Muslim brothers sisters sisters that will comment it's you just reply with kindness it does really get to you sometimes but I think the best way we can combat that is just putting more kindness and positivity into the world I think that's the easiest way and I know it's really tough sometimes but those types of people and a lot of times like if it's a super negative comment which I get sometimes too it's you just have to think that it's coming from there they're going through something and maybe you landed on their page at that time and they're just unleashing it on you I think that's the easiest way to just let it go and not make it about you and make it about that other person. Sure. And just that can sometimes, because sometimes it can cripple you. You'll post 100%. something and people will comment you on, and you'll get a hundred amazing comments. And you'll yeah. go, what? It's what? that what one person.
0: Yeah, yeah, that will
1: And it does, we're yeah. human. It, it definitely, it definitely um, and a lot of times they make it personal, right? So a lot mm-hmm. of times it does affect you. Whereas no one's going to walk into your store and be like, I don't think you should be stalking this and walk away. Yeah. Like you know, <laughs> so I think that social media just gives us such a different, like people feel like they have
0: like their opinion ma- Every life. thought matters. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah. But the truth, it's it's like you mentioned, really, which is the fact that like when I when I receive that and when I see it, it really is like if, if if the person's taking the time to do that, most most of the time people who do this either number one have way too much time on their hands, which they should be filling with productive time productive things instead of like going on social media and like commenting on people's yeah. accounts. Number two is that a lot of times, is that they're not doing the thing, and so it bothers them that you're doing the yeah, thing. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and that also happens a lot, really, which is there's a stems from a place of, oh, you know what? Like, even if. Even it might be subconscious, and they don't realize. And if you're someone listening to this, and you've taken the time one like one day to go and drop some type of negative comment on someone's account, I really want you to pay attention and, and like take a moment to think inward, and really think to yourself: Was I? Was there a part of me that felt like this person was doing something that I would have wanted to do, or that I felt like, oh, I, you know, like because a lot of times you're putting yourself out there, and, and to be there's this um, there's this book by Brene Brown. I don't I forget the name, uh, but it's essentially it talks about uh, like how you have to be just the act of stepping up and, and you know, showing yourself, putting yourself out there. takes being a lot vulnerable. of courage. Yes. Being yeah. vulnerable. It takes so much courage and people don't understand that. And mm-hmm. you know, sometimes people look at that and they, they feel like, Oh, I could never do that. I could never put myself out yeah. there and build this business and build this community. So a part of me is like, you know, well, let me try to take her down, you know, like, it is, yeah. it is what it is, but, um, it is unfortunate. It's something that we would, that I would really like to see a little bit less of within, within the Muslim community. For sure. For sure. I Think to
1: yourself that if you put in a ne- negative comment, think, have I put positive comments? Like, let me balance that out. Right. Yeah. Like if I'm, yeah. you know, and I genuinely, if I get, you know, someone that's always like commenting positive things and then they comment something negative or they have an opinion, I'm so much more ready to, listen to that because i'm like this is someone that understands me that supports me if they think that hey you could have done this this way or maybe you shouldn't i'm genuinely willing to listen to that and to learn from that but i feel like if it's just coming from a place of attack Mm -hmm. then even if it's really hard for you to be like oh okay is this something that i should be looking at because a lot of times you'll just see the same person negative comment after negative comment whereas if it's someone that's having you know a dialogue with you and commenting on certain things and having a positive comment and then it's like you know hey sister maybe think about this and I'm 100% willing to think about it, but I just think yeah. that um, a lot of times, like I said, it's that knee-jerk reaction and it's that, yeah. you know, and, and a lot of times the frustrating thing is they always it, it, it always comes to religion and this is not right and this is, mm-hmm. and I think that we're all going through, I mean, there's no, like, 100%. I don't think it's fair to say that this is the way you should be doing it. And again, hijab is outward. You don't know if someone's praying, you don't know if someone's, but it's so easy to comment, especially with so many women out there. It's yeah. really... It's it's really unfortunate because you're not going to go and attack a man the way you'd attack a woman because sure. you feel like, you know, you have a right because what you can see, but you don't know what's in their hearts right? Yeah. So I think I'm going to tell you right now, Be very sensitive about. Yeah. I'm
0: going to say this on record right now. You get you guys can hold it against me and you know create a whole <laughs> viral campaign attacking me, but I'm going to say this on record. If I was, if I was born a woman instead of a man, I don't know if I would have the strength to wear the hijab like straight up, because mm-hmm. looking at my, my I, have, I have three sisters, all of them wear the hijab, alhamdulillah, and like looking, just witnessing what they go through. And I'm not saying like they go through oppression and like people throw stones at them. Mm. Alhamdulillah, we live in Montreal, Canada. It's, you know, it's pretty yeah. great here. Um, but you know, there's still, we do live in Quebec with the hijab and there's all these things. Yeah. But I mean, just that fact of like, you are wearing your faith on your sleeve, well in this case, on your head, yeah. literally all day, like, that takes so much courage, so much power. Yeah. And if any man out there says, like, yeah, 100%, bro, if I was a woman, I'd be wearing a hijab all day and I'd be doing it perfectly. It's like, dude, come on, man. Like, give me a break, yeah. you know? Like, you don't know <laughs> what it takes. You don't know what it's like, okay? And I, I'm telling you right now, on record, I don't know if I would have the power. I don't have, have the ability. So, like, anyone who goes out there and starts slamming women... You know, other women who are like wearing the hijab and like if they're wearing a certain way it's like come on man like focus on yourself look in the mirror and what can you do to be a better muslim instead of trying to focus on other people who are going yeah. through their own journeys and who are going you know they have their own challenges and their own relationship with allah Absolutely. Subhanahu Wa Taala, right um mm-hmm. and you never know if that esen- you know like i'm going to give a little reference here for example a lot of people used to follow um uh dina tokyo i'm sure you've heard of her She's super famous yeah and she took off the hijab right and honestly, before she did, it was like, she was, she used to get all these hate comments, these negative comments and whatever. And now of course she gets them even more. Why'd you take it off? And I really feel like, Maybe you guys are doing the opposite effect of like, yeah, instead of no, helping, like, yeah. maybe that's why it's pushing her away from it because she's constantly getting hay for it. Right. And yeah. subhanAllah, it's just, it's, it's not, it's a dangerous I couldn't path. imagine. Yeah. She's,
1: she's such a sweet person. And yeah, we don't know the internal struggle that they're going through. Yeah. For example, I'll, I, I won't get it a lot, but someone might not like what I'm wearing as I'm working out, or you should be moving like that. And I get comments, just take it off. What's the point mm. of wearing it?
0: right someone who's
1: struggling with fasting or someone who's right. struggling with Salah and they can't get their Salah hundred percent. Would you say just stop praying altogether? What's the point of even praying? And yeah. I just feel like, you know, and, and maybe it's coming. I don't know where it's coming from. It's coming yeah. from a place of obviously they feel like I need to help this sister in Islam, but that's not the right way to do it. No. That's not a way of coming from compassion. I think it's really important to also like give people the benefit of the doubt. You don't know what's going on. And I feel like 100%. sometimes, yeah, we do share a lot of our lives on social media but um you know like now my daughter she's testing out hijab she's testing you know and I just feel like if she had to deal with those types of comments it's it's really it's really yeah. tough because especially when it's coming from you know where you feel like your own community it, it, it yeah. is a bit tough and again I'm it, it's very very minimal but those comments yeah. do sting like I said in the thousands of nice comments you get you get that one comment and you just For think sure. really like if you said that to someone who was really struggling where would that put them, right? And I think that that's a really, um, you know, something that p- people really need to think about.
0: I think we're going to leave it at that and then transition to another yeah. another discussion. But I think one thing that we can ask ourselves every time before we before that moment comes is just ask yourself, would the Prophet ﷺ write this? Write this down and post it, like straight up. Like use that as your barometer question. Like if look reread this comment and be like, would the Prophet Wasallam if social media was able, available in his day and age, go and write down this comment and submit it. And if the answer is a no, just don't, just don't use that as a very and even, easy yeah.
1: and even I know, like, but also would you go to that person's face and say that, Yeah. right? It's, it's really easy to be behind a screen, behind a computer, but think to yourself as well. Like would I walk up to someone in the street randomly and say yeah. this comment.
0: Yeah, 100%. So. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So taking it back to your, I love this, I I love this discussion. So taking it back to your, to your business and, um, and where you're at and where you're going, I want to know for you what's in store for, well, number one, how do you feel about where you are right now? In terms of the fitness, walk us through what you're currently working on. What stage are you at in your startup, right? Every person starts and they're on their own and they have like one or two programs. What stage are you at right now? Do you have a team? Are you working on different projects? Are you trying to build something new? What is it that you're at right now
1: yeah so alhamdulillah um like i said it's it's always kind of you know moving i'm trying to yeah. figure it out i feel like this i i tell people it's like the wild wild west like you never know kind of like there's no roadmap, map right and yeah. so the programs have been doing really well alhamdulillah um i i really love working with brands that's been really nice to do and i really enjoy um again like coming from a muslim perspective i love having brands come to me and me being able to like tell them well you know um i'd like to focus on this or i'd like to have this or you know, um, I don't promote this or, you know, and I really feel like I've been able to have those conversations in which I've really been happy to have and be in those rooms and and represent Muslim women and women of color. Um, Yeah. So the goal, um, I just last year, it's going to be a year in March, we've launched the fitness um, merch. So we've got like water bottles, we've got skipping ropes, bands, and it's been so nice to see that come into people's homes and to have something that people can, just use. I know it's been really tough in the pandemic to get to gyms and to work out. So it's been really nice to be able to have um, people have access to those types of things. So that's been really fun. Having an actual physical product has been definite learning curve and shipping and all that ordering and all that fun stuff. Um, I'm working on different programs. Um, We are hoping to do a Ramadan program and I really want them to be as accessible as possible. To be honest, I want it to be able to reach as many people and help as many people as we can. So we have the six week challenge, we have the 30 days to fit. I'm hoping um, later on in the year to do more coaching. I know a lot of women wanna do one-on-one training. I don't do one-on-one training as much. So I'm thinking of doing more small group. And really I I do miss that connection with like one-on-one individuals and helping like that person and kind of see them progress. So inshallah, we're planning to do that. I'm actually, I think you guys are the first people I'm going to share this with, but I'm working on a cookbook with, uh, we just got a publisher that's uh, working with me. So Alhamdulillah, we're going to have a cookbook and I think that'll be, again, just a fun way to introduce, um, more traditional recipes into the mainstream media and the idea of just food and how it can nourish us and heal us and eat healthy. And it doesn't have to be chicken breast and steamed chicken breast and broccoli. It can be, you know, so many more exciting and flavorful things. And um, I'm looking in terms of the fitness to kind of expand a little bit more kind of seeing where it can go so we want to do more programs we're thinking about a monthly membership so there's so many ideas we have we're just trying to figure out where to kind of land and um we're having our first ever fitness retreat actually in may inshallah in the maldives so that's super exciting and again just that idea of i love the social i love connecting with so many women but i really want to be able to take that off screens and have these like really um impactful in-depth in-person connections because that's something i miss and i think with the pandemic we've all missed that and um yes i'm really looking forward to connecting with women and just really you know having an amazing experience i think that's so important and again as Muslim women a lot of times we're afraid to travel to certain places or we feel like we can't swim or we can't do these activities we're limited and i really want women to know that we have access to these things and we can do it. And sometimes it's hard to do it alone. So if we're a group of, you know, 15 ladies and we're all swimming and we don't care what anyone else thinks, right. We can yeah. have fun and enjoy it.
0: percent, hundred percent. I love that. Yeah. You know, building those genuine relationships, uh, with your audience, mashallah, and you know, it's interesting that you decided to, uh, launch a product line as well. What was it that prompted you to, you know, you mentioned the pandemic, obviously was one thing, but from a business standpoint, why did you make that decision of launching physical products?
1: yeah for sure so i wanted to i I wanted to learn the process to be honest um again i am very lucky i think if you whatever business you have i think being on social media is really important in whatever capacity because i think it's a direct way for your customer your consumer to interact with you so like i said i shared a lot of my workouts i love skipping and i would always get questions where do you get your skipping rope from like what what equipment would you recommend and um and again, like I said, I really wanted to encourage people to work from home, work out yeah. from home. And so that's when the idea of like, hey, what if we branded it? What if we made like this gym in a bag where you can just buy it and it has all the equipment that you need? And it was a learning process. I wanted to see how it would be to have a physical product and to, you know, and to, and it would just be so nice to have something that was branded to have that in people's homes and something yeah. that is vetted and good quality. So, um, yeah, it was definitely a jump from doing all the online stuff. Um, but I think it was a great learning process. And I think the idea of, you know, having a physical product is just another way of expanding your business as well, yeah. right? And I think in terms of how I think it, you've got the business, but then you've got different branches if you're looking at revenue yeah. streams or different ways where you can have, and you talked about before, we talked about having those true fans and there's a thing, 1,000 true fans, right? And yeah. well, how can I keep servicing those fans, right? They have the programs, but they're looking for the equipment. So that's another touch point I can have with mm-hmm. them and have, have them have the equipment and I can do this. And so finding different touch points where you can kind of, you know, have different offers for your customers, I think is really important in the business as well.
0: hundred percent. And that's how a real business person thinks, because you know, you start off with the one thing that you can do right now. And in your, in your, in your early stages for you, that was, well, I have this knowledge about fitness, about exercise, about nutrition, and let me go and create a program. And now you're building this brand. You're like, wait, well, as a brand now, what are the solutions that we can offer to our customers? How we can really grow Mm -hmm. this and, you know, offer different solutions. Uh, and, it's not like you went and launched a product line, uh, for example, like, Hey, here's a new like video game console. I'm I'm using like a a far fetched Mm -hmm. example. You went Mm -hmm. and you're like, okay, how can we specifically launch a product line that, directly complements and adds yes. value exactly. to our current offer. And that is the key, right? Is that mm-hmm. it all falls within the same brand and ultimately within the same mission and that you're trying to yeah. help people live their healthiest lives, right? And so the products align with that mission, the offers, the programs align with that mission. Hopefully, the uh, hopefully, inshallah soon the retreats and the book and everything else will also align within that. And that's how you really build an ecosystem. And ultimately, yeah. if you wanna build a business that will reach inshallah that seven, eight figure mark, you have to build an ecosystem. It's not just about one. Yeah it's not just one thing right
1: exactly yeah
0: beautiful amazing yeah. well what where can people go to take advantage of this and maybe they want to go and sign up to the retreat or they want to go and you know get on the wait list for that upcoming book inshallah where, where should we send them yeah. to go and take advantage of all this
1: so you will find me daily on my social instagram that's kind of my home mm-hmm. <laughs> so um it's uh, Zalibai. so it's Zed Alibai. um so you'll find me there on instagram and awesome. then um the that's where you'll find all the products all the programs everything that's going on there and then there as well you can sign up for our newsletter we do weekly newsletters and that's where kind of you get updates on all the latest videos or whatever is going on if i'm launching um we're hoping inshallah in ramadan to launch a 30-day challenge just to keep people active and we're hoping to do that over on youtube so the um instagram or the newsletter are probably the two best places where you can okay. um you know get all the information for everything else that's going on
0: awesome well i appreciate you sharing that and we're going to make sure to put that in the episode notes or in the description whether you're watching on youtube or listening on apple podcast spotify check the show notes guys and go and follow sisters out on instagram and go and go on the website sign up for the newsletter and uh if you need or if you want that book go ahead and grab it and if you want a challenge for Ramadan to go and get healthier this Ramadan make sure you make the most of it you know a lot of us in Ramadan we end up fasting and our health and fitness kind of goes on the wayside and it ends up you know we 30 days not only do end up fasting but like what happens is out coming out of it we then you know we're feeling sluggish tired we have trouble working after all focusing hopefully by going through this challenge you'll be able to you know reverse that and go through Ramadan and come out of it even stronger inshallah so go and join that challenge it's going to be the fitness.ca is that correct?
1: Yeah, the fitness.ca you can sign up for the newsletter there and then in Ramadan about a few weeks before Ramadan I'll be um we do it annually it's a healthy Ramadan guide so it's a free PDF awesome. it's actually like a 30 page it's got recipes it's got workouts and it's got Amazing. kind of the um idea behind why you should be healthier in Ramadan you know we gotta enjoy yeah. Ramadan as well and we don't for want sure. to make sure but I but also <laughs> I think the more we take care of ourselves in Ramadan the more we actually feel better while we're fasting so yeah. you know so we can make it to the finish line and you know be able to maximize our Ramadan and you know our prayers in Ramadan so yeah everything um will be on the fitness.ca or like oh, I said Zalibai on Instagram and that's where you'll be able to find anything and awesome. if you can't find it just DM me and yeah, I will definitely. Uh, hopefully send you in the right direction
0: and if you guys grab anything go and post a story on your Instagram tag me tag sister Zara, and uh, let us know that you grabbed it and you listen to the podcast um sister mm-hmm. it's been an amazing episode amazing interview just like for joining me today it was uh, a oh, conversation I really enjoyed
1: thank you so much I really enjoyed it as well
0: my pleasure, my pleasure. And and you guys know the drill? If you enjoyed this episode, we want you to go ahead and rate the podcast, whether you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify um, or watching on YouTube. You got to want to go ahead and subscribe, but go and give us a rating. Let us know how you felt about this episode, how you feel about the podcast in general. And, of course, if you want some more help with your business, go and follow us on social media as well. entrepreneur search up entrepreneur on any social media platform. And you'll be able to find us where we can go and help you out, give you some value through your entrepreneurship journey, inshallah. And until then, we'll see you in the next episode. as alaikum, wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.